everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk Podcast. This is Mickey Dumont here with Amy Bisson. We are the host of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members. We'll keep you up to date with news and decisions that impact all of us. One result of the successful No on Two campaign two years ago was that the coalition of parents, students, teachers, and community members realized that through collaborative efforts, important issues can be brought to public attention. No on Two was an initiative that enlisted public school stakeholders to band together to defeat the well-funded and many would say corporately supported charter school expansion across the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Through this partnership, the charter expansion ballot question was defeated by a substantial margin. What happened after that ballot question was defeated? Parents, educators, students, and community members came to the powerful realization that by working collaboratively, we could affect change and strengthen and protect our public education system. The importance of developing collaborative partnerships with stakeholders and allies of our public schools couldn't be more important in this era of high-stakes testing and one-size-fits-all curricula. Here in Lowell, educators, parents, and community allies have banded together to form an advocacy group called Lowell Education Justice Alliance, or LAJA. Today we're speaking with Lowell Public School parent Darcy Boyer, one of the founding members of Lowell Education Justice Alliance and a powerful advocate for public education that is equitable and an exemplar of what our students and families deserve. Welcome, Darcy. Thanks. Good to be here. We're very happy to have you. Before we get into some of the successes and current initiatives of LAJA, would you tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to be an an active advocate for public education? I'm not sure that there was one spark. Um, I've always been an activist around social and economic justice, racial justice, workers' rights, and school... um, School issues encompass all of those things, right? We have workers who are being taken advantage of and not treated Mm -hmm. with respect. We have students who are not given the resources that they need to succeed. In our communities and other communities, wealthy communities do have what they need. So those inequalities um, are striking. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is that public schools and public education is probably the institution that reaches the most people across the country. Absolutely agree. Um, That this is an area that we should all care about because it touches so many of us, and that's one of the reasons so many people are interested in this issue. Um, It goes beyond church. It goes beyond many other institutions that people go to um, because over 90% of students in this country attend public school. So it's so important that we get this right. And so No Child Left Behind, um, although it started perhaps to some degree with some idea of equalizing the schools and and closing the so-called achievement gap, there is also a push behind it, I believe, that was aimed at privatizing our schools. And when you 
create a system that is based on testing, which No Child Left Behind is, what that does is it creates a system that um, our schools are always going to fail. It, it, it is a structure that um, allows for the failure of our school because all we're looking at is a test score and there's so much more. And so when we are, our schools are failing, that gives that vacuum supposedly for the privatizers, charter schools, vouchers to mm -hmm. come in mm -hmm. and take over our schools and so that corporations now run them and benefit and get public money um, for something that should be a public good. And they did step in in you know, massive numbers. Yeah. They did, and we agree wholeheartedly with your perspective on that, Darcy. You also have a very vested interest yes, I do. in the public education. I do not education. want to forget that part. No, and, you don't. And there's the big picture, and then, well, he's part of the big picture, but I do have a son in the public schools here in Lowell. Um, he's in third grade, and... I love the schools, and I think that Lowell is doing an amazing job uh, given the resources that they have, but mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. so much more that our students and our teachers deserve mm -hmm. that we're not able to do because of the under resource, underfunding of our schools. And the inequity of the funding yeah. formula really impacts a city like Lowell and, and the other gateways as well. Um, I, I think that's a, a big gating factor. That, that is. It's... It, the fact that wealthy communities are able to kick in more mm -hmm. because they have a higher tax base mm -hmm. is not fair to the Absolutely overall not. to the yeah. students across the state That's and uh, the kids in the gateway communities like Lowell and rural areas and some others not just gateway cities are suffering. Dracut does is. Yeah. One of the yeah. lowest funded school districts in the state. Um, so this. This system is not working, um, and so we missed we missed an opportunity last year. Yes, or this year. Yeah. Oh, two thousand eight. We're not quite there yet. We missed an opportunity this year. We came closer than we had to fix yeah. the foundation formula, um, and so I'm we hoping were so that close. We we were, and yeah. so it's Very amazing that the Senate voted unanimously to do this, Isn't and it? that's across the board. Yeah. That didn't yeah. depend. It, both parties, mm -hmm. um, and so it was the House that was the problem. Mm -hmm. um, so and surprisingly, too, it was at the last minute of the uh, legislative session that the actually the Department of Education came in and put a wrinkle in the whole yeah. thing. That was, that was shocking to all of us. Well, we do, at least some of us are very aware that the Department of Education is full of um, school privatizers. They've been put in place mm -hmm. by Charlie Baker, mm -hmm. and Charlie Baker has a long history of supporting mm -hmm. um, the privatization of our schools. And so we have Jim Pizer, who's the Secretary of Education, who used to work with Betsy DeVos on certain initiatives. Mm -hmm. So so we know that they were put in place yeah. with a certain... And some um, of them contributed quite heavily to, the, yes on to, yep. which so, would be the expansion of those privatized which schools. seems like it would be a conflict of interest. And think. we're seeing some think. of that with right. our current commission. Commissioner Riley, who is somehow doesn't manage to go to public hearings from mm -hmm. parents and teachers who are fighting charter expansion, but apparently I just read today, someone posted that he is going to see, he's going to be on a live stream of MPU, or Massachusetts Parents United, which oh. for me is a... Um, basically a charter front, uh, yes, supposed yeah. parent activist group. Yeah. So anyway, I, our, at the state level, we have many people who have been put in place that do not have the best interest of public schools and our public school students yeah. at hand, mm -hmm. which is why it's so important. But as Mickey, you said, 
no one too really showed the power of, did, yeah. of parents, teachers, community members, and students all coming together to fight this. We took them completely by surprise. We sure did. They had. Yeah. They were sure that they would win this, and we flipped that script, and we won. And it was so important that we continued that momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and yeah, and the and other the th- the piece that I think is really important about this because I think oftentimes parents and teachers are pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And certainly in education and public education, we are the groups, parents, students, and teachers who have the least say in what happens in our schools and how we run our schools. Absolutely right. But we also have the most at stake and the most invested. Mm -hmm. And so we are natural allies. And so we need to be in this together. Um, And so for me, that's one of the powers of Legia and these these types of groups. So there was an effort that Legia was uh, in the lead about this uh, past spring with recess. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because that that is really an impressive uh, effort that went on. Yeah, so I will give some credit to, um, I mean, this has been this, the concern about lack of recess has been going for a while, and I had been going to the Citywide Parent Council group, which was at that time fairly active, um, at least with a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, one of our school committee members, Jackie Doherty, was there, and we were talking about this, and she um, decided to ask the um, administration to mm-hmm. release a report on what recess looked like across the district. Mm-hmm. And we got that report, I believe, in early February. 2017, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. February, I think. And yep. it was, um, I mean, it, it confirmed what we knew, but yes. it was just devastating to actually see it written, right? So you had you had one elementary school that had 10 minutes of recess, if you could even believe yeah. that, right? And, but then it went up to 25. I still don't feel like that's enough, but how is it that there are some schools that had 10 and some had 25? Exactly. Yeah. And so that disc- disparity across the district was something that we felt very strongly about. Um, and so um, for various reasons, I will actually say the biggest reason, I think, was the, um, the move of the high school, the potential move of the high school. Things went a little bit crazy in the city (laughs) and the citywide parent council kind of went underground and so um, at that point Legia was getting more active and we decided that we wanted to pursue the recess um, along with a couple of other initiatives. We're all volunteer groups so there's only so much we can do so Mm -hmm. we knew that we had to focus on something. So we put together a um, task force or or a, a group, a working group of parents Um, and teachers and a student or two occasionally um, to put together a proposal, a proposed recess plan. Um, And we brought it, we had Jerry Nutter, a school committee member, um, bring it to the school committee Mm -hmm. for a vote. Mm -hmm. Um, After we actually, first we had a subcommittee meeting of the policy subcommittee group and had some powerful, powerful speakers. And that one child who went to that goes to the school that had 10 minutes Mm. talking about what that was like and how it really was maybe seven or eight minutes once Mm. you took in. Pretty compelling. So, um, Mm. so that, this, that group then voted that they would take it, move it to a vote of the full school committee. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they did, the school committee voted to say that we needed a district wide recess policy. 
What Which we, seems so logical. It does seem <laughs> logical. What we had been recommending, were, there are a couple of things that haven't quite panned out that we're still working on. We had been re- recommending a minimum of 30 minutes mm-hmm. per day. Um, per day. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that you cannot withhold recess um, for punishment. Mm-hmm. So those were two of a key components of it. And also recess is completely separate from PE or gym. Absolutely. And that yeah. it would be free time, yeah. that it's not dictated or controlled. Um, so in, so the school committee voted yes, that we need a district-wide recess policy. The administration came back and said we've kind of talked to our schools and administrators and what we feel like we can do right now is offer um, 20-minute minimum in elementary schools and then a five-minute morning and afternoon kind of wiggle break, mind break. break. Yeah. Um, and then for the um, middle schools, that it would be 15 minimum, same five-minute uh, morning and afternoon. Um, and again, there were some middle schools that had no recess at all. And That's so, correct. So even though 15 seems <laughs> like we should be able to do better. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> 15 is, is still <laughs> something when you it's have an improvement. nothing. Yes. And, exactly. Um, 20 minutes versus 10 minutes is an improvement. In my son's school, he went from um, 15 minutes to 20 minutes. And Which is good. I don't know if he wants to weigh in. Do you like having 20 minutes of recess? Yeah. Yeah. And you also now have 20-minute lunch instead of 15-minute lunch. So mm-hmm. what do you think about that? pretty good. It still doesn't really seem like that long. Right. So from the mouths of babe, we still have a ways to go. But <laughs> so this is... We're on the right yeah, track. Yeah, we are. And so that was a big success. And now moving forward... We still the, have more to discuss on that. We have a task force that's been formed that includes um, principals, teachers, and parents mm-hmm. um, to kind of look at the implementation of this. How's it going? We're really fine-tuning the not withholding recess for punishment piece. That's where we got mm-hmm. some of the pushback. But um, so far, the, the principals mm-hmm. have been very positive in terms of the change. They, they said that they've had to give some things up. Um, but in general, they, they feel, feel like this has been beneficial. beneficial. That's um, great. And I, yeah. so I want to say one of the reasons, and this kind of gets into some of the other issues with what Legion cares about. One, we believe, one of the reasons we picked recess, number one, it's an, of course, we, kids need to be able to move, right? They mm-hmm. need to be able to let their minds go and just get out of that academic world for a while. And so, but the question is, why have we lost recess? Why mm-hmm. have we lost lunchtime? I mean, 15 minutes for lunch for an elementary school, I mean, uh, it's they're insanity. just getting started, yeah. right? And because yeah. they have so little time to socialize, that's one mm-hmm. of the places. And so this gets back to no child left behind and high stakes testing, right? And so the, the push has been because we're evaluated on our test scores that every, uh, the whole focus is now on academics and specific academics even, not even that's right. full curriculum. Mm-hmm. That's right. Really very much focused on English language arts and math, mm-hmm. right? And so our curriculum is shrinking, so we don't pay enough attention to social studies or history or science. Despite all the talk about STEM, we really actually don't do what we need to do with that. So all these really important things that that make school and education come alive, um, 
we're we're losing those things because we're so focused on getting that test score and the things mm-hmm. that are tested are math and English. And so recess is one of the things that we have lost because of that. Instructional time is what we hear all the time. Well, we can't do that because we need that instructional time. And we push back on that saying, even if you think that that measuring schools and getting high test scores is the ultimate goal. We disagree with that. But if you think that's the case, then what you're doing is counterproductive because kids achieve more and they can learn better when they've been given an opportunity. Right. That's to not let how the their, brain works. Their yeah. brain yeah. go for a while yeah. and then they can absorb, they're more, they're ready to learn again, right? And so, um, but I think that having that conversation is important. It's not just we need more recess, but it's why did this happen in the first place? Mm-hmm. And this has given us an opportunity to talk about that. Jesse, as a, as a parent, teacher, student group, um, how, do, how do you see the fact that um, we're different from other parent councils? And what do you think we could do to increase membership in the Legia group? So I think one of the things that makes us different, I, and I hope very much that we can work collaboratively with any of the other groups that are out there, and we have done what we have done that. Yes. So we have Project Learn, we have the the newly kind of forming um, citywide parent council that's mm-hmm. kind of under the umbrella of Project Learn at the moment. Um, but the thing that is different, and the thing that made me want to focus on this, was that it's not just parents. Um, I think that those groups are important because they really look mm-hmm. more specific and mm-hmm. kind of school address, issues. Yeah, um, very certain needs. But I think, again, for me, having um, parents and teachers in the same room advocating for the same things mm-hmm. and talking to each other in an e- even playing field. One of the things that happens is when parents meet teachers, there's this unequal power dynamic, or at sure. least it's perceived that way, right? Sure. So you're going to the school, you already feel a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, like what what's happening here? You know, what is yeah. my... So this is, we're, we're all here for the same reason, and it's an equal playing field. And I think that's important. The other thing is that Legia is, as I said, it's, com- it's a grassroots organization. We're not funded by anyone. We get some support by other groups when we do some get sponsorship for things. But that means that we're not tied to any. No one can tell us what we can and can't say. That's true. No one can tell us what we can and can't do. So we have the ability to take more... Um, to be more of an activist activist group, I would say. Mm-hmm. And you can think outside the box yes. a little yep. bit more because yep. there's no ramification of yep. offending right. some That's support right. group. Right. And, you know, I, I would say that right now we maybe have a challenged relationship with one of the school committee members who did take our recess thing forward because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? You're not going to agree on everything. That's and, right. And um, right now we're... We are, have been questioning uh, how things were handled with our s- superintendent who was recently fired, right? And so, but I think our role is to kind of call those things out and say we need transparency. If, if we're going to have a functioning school system and so we need to have a voice in what's happening and we need to understand what's happening. And currently we don't know what what's going on, what's behind the budget numbers that we keep hearing about. Um, why the superintendent, we know why they say the superintendent was fired, but haven't seen much to actually yeah. um, give us reason to believe that that was warranted. So um, 
anyway, so I think that just being a grassroots group that is um, kind of independent of all of that is good, and being a a coalition of community mm-hmm. allies, teachers, parents, and students. And Mickey, you asked how we're going to grow. I mean, I think we're we're working on that. Right? Well, how how, <laughs> how, how now do yeah. you do you put the word out okay. about meetings, etc.? Um, <laughs> very minimally. <laughs> well, as as you all know, a lot of people know about it because I talk to people a lot. So when I go to other meetings, like I go to Project Learn or I go to other things, I talk about this. But mm-hmm. um, so I think um, we all we have we have a Facebook page. So if you just uh, on Facebook look for Little Education Justice Alliance, our group will come up. You don't have to join it, but if you join it, you can. You can post. Um, you can always read it if you're not a member. Sure. There's um, a lot of good stuff on there. So we post our meetings on there, but we just post um, articles and things that are happening, whether locally or nationally, that kind of are in line with our with our larger vision of mm-hmm. um, equity in our schools, racial, social, economic justice in our schools, fully funded schools, the the strikes and the teacher actions across the country are so um, inspiring that people are rising up across the country and saying this is not enough. And so what we're, we know is that we're not alone. Lowell is not alone. And this Absolutely. is why yeah. I think uh, our group is so powerful is that we're a part of this larger effort to to really finally take care of our public schools and fund them the way that they should. And again, this is happening across the country. We're not alone here, and we need to join forces. And specifically at the state level, so much of the funding issues has to do with the state level that we all, we need to be working together Mm, across the state. And so there is... We do. um, Oh, but the other, I'll get back, I know. I could just, as you both stated earlier before (laughs) we were on the mic, I can just go, but I will get back to how... How you get in touch with us? Yeah, it, we do, do have do a, we do have an email account. Um, so it's and the address is it's Lowell Education Justice Alliance at gmail.com. So all one word, all lowercase. That's easy. Lowell Education Justice Alliance at gmail.com. So you can send an email there, and that will I can add you to our email distribution list so you at least know what's happening yeah. and get invited yep. to things if you'll you know want. about meetings coming yep. up what it, what is the the uh, structure of a typical meeting uh, what does it look like what's the time frame usually we do about an hour and a half mm-hmm. uh, six to seven thirty we try to have some food and snacks mm-hmm. for people who maybe are just getting out of work or you will whatever. say you are very good about that <laughs> so um, come for the snacks stay yes. for the conversation <laughs> um, so normally what we do is um, we look at what our current um, working groups are working on so recess um, we have one a group looking at um, neighborhood schools which um, before the bleep hit the fan with the budget and the superintendent, there had been a motion put forth for the um, the school committee asked the, the school administration to put together a plan of what it would look like to go back to neighborhood schools because mm-hmm. we don't have those in Lowell right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as lovely as the idea sounds about having neighborhood schools, there are there's a reason that we don't have them in Lowell, and that yeah. was because of desegregation. And so we wanted to really look at what it would mean 
um, if we What's did go back, what, yeah. what would, so we have a student from um, uh, UMass Lowell uh, working with us through mm-hmm. the labor education program. So she's been doing research on this. So we're looking at th- that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been looking at one of the other initiatives that we're trying to work on, but again, the district is such a mess, but um, (laughs) is is diversifying our teacher and Mm -hmm. staff. um, Mm -hmm. As probably most people know, our um, the staff and teaching in Lowell and many places in Mass, we're not alone. Are That's true. Over 90% white, whereas our student population is not. And so really wanting, for the benefit of everybody, mm-hmm. I think my son would benefit from this. Everybody would benefit for, um, from oh, a more absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. uh, diverse workforce that reflects the population. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we had been working to um, be involved in the hiring of a new HR director so that we had somebody who had experience in that kind of recruiting, but also in trainings on this type of thing. Again, we have an interim, like we have an interim every other thing right now, and we don't know when that's happening, but that's mm-hmm. one of the things. So just doing updates on our current initiatives, and then we usually break out into our little working groups so that we can start planning the next steps. Um, So everybody coming together to Mm -hmm. kind of share information and give ideas and then breaking out so that we actually do some work in the meeting and move things forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically, we have one a month. Um, Mm -hmm. We're going to be having more actions in the next like four months because we do, along with uh, MEJA, Massachusetts Education Justice Alliance, which is the statewide group, and the unions, AFT, MTA, Jobs with Justice. There's a coalition of um, organi- groups that are doing a Fund Our Future campaign mm-hmm. to get that foundation budget um, Finally. legislation <laughs> challenged. And oh, so we're going to be doing petitions. We're going to be doing standouts. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing forums. We're going to be meeting with our legislators here in Lowell. We have, we are, don't have a lot of support from our legislators, specifically uh, Golden and Nangle. Mom has been votes usually with us, but what we would like is for him to be more active and take mm-hmm. a stronger and more mm-hmm. um, vocal role in this. Um, we had our new senator-elect uh, Kennedy has said really awesome things, but I'm tired of words at this point, and I want to see some action. So we'll be asking what, what they're going to do beyond saying, yes, we believe in fully funding our schools, and yes, we believe in fully reimbursing the charter um, school or get the charter reimbursement. reimbursement. Yeah. What are you going to do to make that happen? Because... I've been hearing this a long time, and so it's, it's move beyond words and go to action. So yeah. that, that's kind of our the mantra for the next four months. So you hopefully will be hearing from us and seeing us. And hopefully we'll hear from more people who yes. will, you yes. know, contact you. Thanks to Darcy for chatting with us today and for her leadership in forming this collaboration. If you are a parent, student, educator, or community ally interested in public education, and in particular, Lowell Public Education, we invite you to come to LEGIA meetings or to reach out to LEGIA through one of the communications listed on our podcast website, www.utl495-straighttalk.com. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcasts or if you are aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share experiences and expertise, 
Send us an email at utl-straighttalk at gmail.com. We'll be off for the next week as we celebrate the winter break and the new year. Until then, this is Amy Bisson with Mickey Dumont, and we wish you a great week, a healthy, happy, and prosperous new year. 